101.3. Today will be a mix of sun and clouds with a breeze this afternoon, high 77. Tonight, mainly clear. In the evening, then clouds move in later on, low 65, and cloudy tomorrow with a thunderstorm in the area. Monday's high 73. Tuesday and Wednesday, mostly sunny, the high both days 68. Thursday, cloudy most of the time, high 70. For AccuWeather on Rejoice 101.3, I'm Sally Sherman. If anyone asks, you're listening to Rejoice, WREJ, Richmond, 101.3 FM, 990 AM. Hi, this is Tammy Mobley. I am a survivor of domestic violence. My personal mission is to educate and inform people about the red flags in an unhealthy relationship and the effects of domestic violence. This show, we will also talk about life challenges, incarceration, health scares, factors of racism, and much more. Let's start surviving today. Happy Mother's Day. You are listening to Beyond Survivor with Tammy, where we recognize, empower, and support survivors. I am your host, Tammy Mobley, domestic violence survivor and advocate, certified empowerment and relationship coach. Today in studio, guest is no other than Mrs. Gobi Great herself, Karina Calhoun. Thank you for being with us today. You are going to meet Miss Calhoun, and she has an amazing story right after our commercials break. Our commercial sponsors today are Soap, Soul Dope Apparel and Pretty Mage. Pretty magic made. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Madonna Thompson, the owner and operator of Dope Soul Apparel. Dope Soul specializes in graphic t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, and dad caps. Have you got your kingdom apparel today? Follow us on Instagram at dope underscore soul apparel. Don't forget to click that link in the bio. And remember, let your light so shine. Hello, everybody. I'm Rob Nisha. Do you have a lot of mess? Don't stress. Let PMMS handle the rest. Pretty Magic May offers professional, residential, and commercial non-toxic cleaning services. Find out why more people are using Pretty Magic May for spring cleaning, COVID cleaning, general cleaning, and more. Visit www.prettymagicmay.com or call 804-485-1055. And remember, PMMS is on the way to save your day. Hi, my name is Markeisha harris Minor, and I am the creator of Blocal Search. I have a question for you. Are you looking to locate black-owned businesses across the country? Well, you need to download Blocal Search. Blocal Search is a nationwide directory and app for locating black-owned businesses in all 50 states. To get listed, make sure you visit www.blocalsearch.com and download the app, available in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store for free. Welcome back to Beyond Survivor with Tammy, where we recognize, empower, and support survivors. We are at once again. It is Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day to all the moms, especially my mom, Faye Bob Simple, and my mother-in-law, Sharon Mobley. And talking about Mobley, we have Fayetteville in the house. I wanted to just, I'm hoping that my mother-in-law and my husband is listening in because I was so surprised to hear that you are from Fayetteville, and that's exactly where my husband is today. So welcome to the show, um, Karina. Thank you. I am honored to be here. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. We are honored for you to be here. So we are going to go right into it. I just love your slogan, Go Be Great. Like, yes. I really, really like that a lot. So before we get into where you get your slogan from and why you decided to um, name it Go Be Great, give us a little bit of background on your story. 
So I am Karina Calhoun. As you said, I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Yes. Fayetteville in the house. Yes. Fayetteville. Fayetteville, yes. <laughs> and I lived there until I was about uh, 18, 19, moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, stayed there for 17 years, moved here to Richmond back in 2008, 2009. And I am now doing life with my best friend and husband, Leroy, who's out there in the in the waiting room. Hello, Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> and I am um, loving life right now. Mm-hmm. Loving life. I am excited about what God is doing. And you look fabulous. Thank like you. Happy Mother's Day. You really look Happy fabulous. Mother's I don't Day know if, the, um, if you're seeing her live, but she looks absolutely beautiful um, this morning. So thank you for being here. So you are a wife, but this is, is this your second marriage? This is my second marriage. marriage. Okay. Yep. And I know when you wrote and you said you were emotionally and mentally and physically abused yes. during your first marriage. Could you tell yes. us a little bit about that? So first I want to say this is my second marriage, but this is my forever marriage. All right, so I for, that. For, for ladies that are listening, <laughs> men and women that are listening you have to go ahead and speak that out this is my forever marriage this yes. is till death do us part yes. and we leave here together <laughs> i love it because i'm on my second marriage also so i love it yes, yes absolutely yeah. so in my first marriage you know i i married someone that they showed all of the red flags initially mm-hmm. but because i had i had this thing in my mind that i never really wanted to get married But he approached me with it, and I said, okay, well, why not? But I knew I should not have. And so when we did get married, all of the signs were there prior to that, but I overlooked them. You know, as most people do, I'm not even going to say women, but just people. And it it became um, emotionally abusive very early on. Uh, he would not come home for days at a time, sometimes weeks at a time. Wow. There was a lot of, it was very narcissistic behavior. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was my fault, why things were happening. Why are you say it's your fault? No, that's what he would say. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I know it wasn't my fault. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah. that's what he would say. That's yeah. the narcissistic behavior. He would make it seem like it was my fault, mm-hmm. the reason why he wouldn't come home. Or the reason why, for instance, there was one situation where he didn't come home until like four or five o'clock in the morning. And he started to actually pull me by my hair across a couch and said, you know, I will pummel you um, because he didn't want me. He specifically said, I don't want you to start talking about that divorce stuff again. Mm -hmm. So it was my fault that, you know, I'm talking about divorce, that I'm the one that's receiving this type of abuse. So. That type of um, relationship, it's not something that you go into looking for, but there are red flags. There are definitely red flags. And so I was able to get out of that relationship. There was other situations of abuse, but, you know, like I said, God has sent me my forever husband. And so I'm extremely appreciative. He's like six, four, I'm five, four, but he's like a gentle giant. I you know, I so, we even have um, Leah in the chat says, I love that hashtag forever marriage. Yes. <laughs> I <love that>. Yes. <laughs> so you said there were red flags, but you didn't, you didn't know there were red flags. Cause I know, you know, when I speak to women, there are always red flags, but we don't even know it because our heart overrules mm-hmm. our mind. So do you believe that's the same thing that happened in your situation? So I saw a lot of red flags that I know at that time I saw them, but I overlooked them. Mm-hmm. I don't think I I don't think I didn't know. I think I just overlooked them. 
And I'm going to give you one, Tammy, that, you know, really, I really talk about this a lot because it's imperative. I was not saved at the time. I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know anything about Jesus. But when we were walking down the aisle, when my husband, my um, dad and I were walking down the aisle, the Lord said to me, what are you doing? Turn around and run. This is within your first marriage. In my first marriage, yes. Walking down the aisle to go get married. But I still walked down that aisle. And so there was, we were married about 10 years, but we only physically lived together about two out of that 10 years because he was gone so much. And then at some point we separated and, you know, he tried to get things, quote unquote, right. Mm -hmm. And so we got back together, but... There were there was always that I always knew, but I I never wanted to face it because, oh, my God, you know, somebody wants to marry me right. because I had already had low self-esteem, no confidence, mm-hmm. that type of thing. That. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna ask you, how does that affect your emotional, mental health and wellness? Oh, my goodness. Um, Knowing that your husband is going for like three, four five days at a time. I drank. Mm-hmm. I drank heavily. Mm-hmm. I call I, I became what I call a functioning alcoholic. I would go to work every single day. Mm-hmm. I would take care of my household. I would do all the things that needed to be done, but I drank heavily every single day. So I was going to ask you, for those of us that don't know, like what exactly is a functioning alcoholic? Like, will we know it? Will we be able to say, if I had a girlfriend, like, you're drinking too much. So how would I know that she's a functioning al- alcoholic? You really have to be in intimate situations with that person to actually know. You have to see them. For instance, I would get up in the morning, go to work, work eight hours, nine, ten hours, come home. I had a daughter at the time, not by him, but Mm -hmm. uh, from a previous relationship. And I would take care of her, took very good care of her, uh, cook, clean, did all of that, did everything that I needed to do, but I drank as soon as I got home. And I drank until I went to sleep. And then in the morning, I was so drunk that I had to have what they call the hair of the dog just to get my body processing. Because I would, you, would, you go through withdrawals while you're sleeping and then while you're at work. So you have to have something, some type of alcohol in your system. So I would get up in the morning and have at least a drink to get me going, just to live. And then go to work, and I would do this every single day. And I would drink probably minimum a six-pack every single day. Wow. And then on the weekends, Friday and Saturday, mm-hmm. and then on Sundays, it would be a case of beer a day mm-hmm. myself. So I was a functioning. I would function. No one knew unless they were actually with me. That's amazing. I want to just turn to my board. Maurice says, good morning. Um, Aramantha said, good morning and happy Mother's Day. Clarence Mobley, my husband, just said good morning. I just want you to know you have your peoples here. Fayetteville <laughs> is in the house here. Yes. <laughs> so I just, you know, when you sent that in, because I didn't know what a functioning alcoholic mm-hmm. was, and I read from the NPR that said women who consume eight or more drinks per week oh, are was... considered excessive drinkers. But you said you were doing that. A day. A day. A day. Actually, a day. And then in addition to that, at night, um, I would take, like, um, Tylenol PM to help me sleep. And so in the morning, I would have, there came a time where I had a hard time waking up. I was groggy. 
And so not really thinking about what I was doing to my body, I called in from work and went to the doctor and said, look, doc, I'm having a hard problem waking up. I've been groggy, you know, this type of thing. So he went through well, what's been going on. And I told him and I was very honest with what I was, you know, I'm drinking because um, I didn't think anything was wrong necessarily per se. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I told him I had been taking the Tylenol PM just to go to sleep at night because I have all of this, like you said, this emotional right. scarring that's happening because of the relationship that I'm in. And so uh, he was a young black guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would come in sometimes. I tell this story. He would come in sometimes with his Tim's and jeans and his white jacket. Okay. Sometimes he would come in with his suit. You know, in his gaiters and his white jacket. <laughs> so he was a young black dude that understood. And so he came in to me one day and he knew I had a daughter, a young daughter. And he said, Karina, I'm going to say this to you and I need you to hear me. He said, because of what you've disclosed to me and what you're doing, I have two choices. I can either allow you to leave here today and go to the emergency psychiatric unit and talk to them. Or I can have you arrested for attempted suicide. And I'm like, but I wasn't trying to do that. He said, based on what you're telling me, that's what it sounds like. And I need you to get help today. He said, and now you're going to lose your daughter if I have to call the police because they will take you in and not necessarily be arrested, but take you from here to be um, evaluated. And so he said, you know, you will lose your daughter because he knew that was, you know. And so uh, I went to the emergency psychiatric unit and Tammy before he let me drive there. He let me go. And before I got there, I stopped to get a drink because I needed to have something to drink. So I drank my, my, my beer in the car on the way there, put it in the back seat under the seat, and then went inside and told them what I believed they needed to hear. And they let me go. But you didn't night. even have to stay. No. So during this time, how, how many years was well, this uh, time span? You know, it's, it's really a blur, but I would say it was at least... It was at least three to four years. Did you ever get a DUI? Never got a DUI. Never stopped. Never an accident, which is really by the grace of God, because there's sometimes I remember now, um, sometimes I would get in the car and my daughter would be in the car and I would not know how I got to where I got to. I mean, I would, you know, I'd just be there. I'd just be there, literally. So were you... um, I want to say that you were in denial because you didn't really know. But like, because you were saying you just thought it was normal, right? You didn't think like, oh, yeah, I'm drinking, but no one can't tell me that I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, there came a point where I began to realize because I could feel, you can feel when your body becomes immersed in alcohol, If you can feel it. I could literally feel my body um, holding the alcohol. And I remember sitting down with a friend of mine one day and, you know, she was... She was smoking her blunt. Mm -hmm. I was drinking my drink. And I looked over at her and I said, I have to stop drinking because I can feel it in my liver. I could literally feel it inside my body. And what would you tell a woman that if like if I have a friend that I feel like they're drinking too much or if you there's a woman that's saying I may be drinking too much, but I don't know. Like, how would you have that conversation? I would just start literally just start. And find out what's going on behind the scenes. Why are you self-medicating? What is happening that you are, you're trying to numb a situation. You're trying to numb thoughts. You're trying to numb emotions. 
there's so much going on, so much turmoil that's going on inside that you just, you don't want to face it. You just don't want to face it. So I would say just have that conversation. And if at all possible, have them seek a therapist. You know, we have to stop shaming people, especially in the black community, that need to see um, professional help. Uh, I didn't seek professional help in that situation um, during that time. I had before then. I did see a therapist, but not at that point. It was before then, before it got too bad. But um, were you like when you went to work, were your word slurring or mm-hmm. when you were talking to people? No one knew. No. And I know you're like, how can this be? <laughs> I know. Like, Cause you're looking at me like, yes. like, you can drink that much and not a DUI, nope. not no word God. slurring. It was the grace yeah. of God, literally the grace of God for me to be able to sit here and talk about this today. There was no, now I'm not going to say people didn't know maybe because, you know, after you drink so much, I believe it does come out of your pores. Mm. So they probably, I mean, I showered, I wore perfume, you know, I was always dressed head to toe, just that was who I was. But you weren't walking like stepping nope. over nothing, and doing nothing. anything that we think like a typical alcoholic would Not do. at all. Not at all. Dang. Not at all. You would never. And that's why I call it a functioning alcoholic because no one, unless you absolutely positively knew what I was doing in my home, you had no idea. So how did you stop? Like, what made you stop? Was it your daughter? Like, when you told your friend, like, I got to stop doing this, was that it? No, and she actually, you know, she tried. She said, well, Karina, just slow down. Just, you know, maybe drink one or two or, you know, something like that. And I looked at her, and I, I started crying. I said, but I can't. I don't know how. The doctor that I talked about, he had me uh, on some type of medication at that time where if you drink, it causes some type of reaction in your body. It's like makes you sick or something like that. Tammy, I was still drinking, taking that medication. So it didn't work for me, <laughs> you know. Um, and it got to a point when I saw what was happening in my life as far as me internally. And I just remember waking up one morning and I would sleep with the TV on and there was a televangelist on. And he said, if you want to experience this love, this love that only Jesus can give, then get down on your knees and repeat after me. And I have not drank since that day. How many years ago was that? That was in, I want to say 2003, 2004. And I have not had a drink since that day. So you just was able to stop just like that? It stopped. That it is amazing. Immediately. Like, I'm going to turn to my board I, because I know this question, but I was so engulfed in your story that I have not <laughs> turned to to it. Um, Maurice, how hard was it to overcome the situation you were in? Which situation? All of it or? He didn't specify, but yeah. But how, um, so I would say all of it. It's been a process, um, you know, really building myself up. Uh, really the self-esteem, the confidence, really finding out who I am. Because a lot of times, a lot of this stuff will cause you to think you're somebody that you're not. And so I, I just began to go through the process of really finding out who am I outside of all of these traumatic experiences. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Who, who, who did God design me to be? I love that. So that. that that is why I, I do what I do today, because mm-hmm. 
a lot of things happen that will cause us to veer from who we're supposed mm-hmm. to be and bring in the impact that we're supposed to bring. And so I believe all of that was, you know, in the Bible talks about he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He can't kill us, but if he can kill our purpose, mm. if he can kill our destiny our through spirit. all, yes, mm-hmm. through all of this, then guess what? He has won even in that little bit. You, I, I could see how you, why you name your thing go, um, go be exactly great. I, why. Could, I, I knew could see if, it. You, it was, if you heard it, you I, know. I could see. But I want before we um, get into that. I know um, when you wrote to us, also you said that you were molested by mm-hmm. women, and mm-hmm. that brought about your distrust in women. Yep. So do you think like all of that? Even I know Everything. you were in an um, abusive marriage, but do you think? Part of that played also into your coping mechanism as drinking? So I just want to briefly give you, so it was being sexually abused by women that caused me to not trust women. Mm -hmm. I was young, about six or seven. And then also um, my biological father, we did not have a relationship. He and my mom separated and divorced when I was about one or two. And so I had abandonment issues in addition to that because I had never met him. I didn't meet him until I was an adult. And so not trusting women and then having abandonment issues, daddy issues, you name it, I had it. And then getting to an unhealthy marriage. Exactly. So you name it, it was all piled on. And so that created the Karina that was not supposed to be. Mm -hmm. It created the... um, the, the person that became the functioning. I didn't know how to deal with me. I didn't know how to deal with life. I didn't know how to deal with anything. But then you became great. I became great. I had you got to go married. Be great. You get, you, but you were, were you great before you got married? I believe I was because God took me through a situation uh-huh. where I had to really strip off a whole lot of stuff mentally, emotionally. Because I couldn't take that into this relationship. And so God, he's, I like to call it, he sequestered me for a period of time, probably about a year, year and a half. And it was just me and him. And he pulled off so much and he showed me so much. And he actually told me that there's some things that were so deeply embedded that I would never know until I got to heaven. Wow. Because it was that deep. It was that embedded in me. So now... You're working with women. Do you mm-hmm. work with women that's gone through the same situation or? I just work anyway. with women in general to help them really unveil their authentic selves the way I did. I help them discover what their purpose is the way I did. I help them go be great, whatever their great is, you know, and so we have to be able to. So, no, I don't. It doesn't necessarily, you know, and I, I have to say I'm not a therapist. Mm-hmm. I'm not a counselor. Get coach. You know. <laughs> I'm a coach. I will help you pinpoint. Yes, I will help you pinpoint, you know, your authentic self because I, you know, buried underneath all of that trauma and then trying to bury the trauma with the alcohol really, really covered up who Karina really is. How could they get in contact with you? I know we have stuff in the feed, but I'm so engulfed in your story. So I wanted to ask you to go back. But I want to make sure people know how to reach you before we keep continue. You can go to Linktree backslash Coach Karina. Very mm-hmm. simple. Everything that you need to find to, to be in touch with me is there. Linktree backslash Coach Karina. And that's on Instagram? You can get me on Instagram. You can get me on Facebook. You can get me my website. 
Uh, my What's your e- website? www.warcry.com. All right, so I'm going to tell you say it one more time, just slower. Okay. <laughs> www.warcry.com. W-A-R-K-R-Y. And I want to tell you the story behind that name if okay. we have time. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so War Cry, you know, in the Bible, it talks about Isaiah 58. Everybody says, oh, cry loud, spare not. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to tell everybody about uh, their transgressions. Mm-hmm. They want to tell people what's wrong with them. But God said, now that you've read the top part, I want you to go all the way to the bottom. And I want you to not just tell them what's wrong, but I want you to provide solutions for them. And so that's a part of what we do at War Cry Consulting Solutions. We provide strategic solutions. I'm not going to give you a cookie cutter solution. I'm going to sit down with you and help you figure out what it is you need to figure out about yourself to go be great. So War Cry, W-A-R-K-R-Y, which is a play on my name, K, okay, yeah. <laughs> is based on Isaiah 58 so that you can literally go be great. What would you tell... Um a woman that said, I can't leave this situation and that's the only way I can cope because, you know, there's so many different reasons why a woman cannot mm-hmm. leave a domestic violence situation. What would you tell them or what are you telling them if they do come to you? You know, I would sit down and find out why exactly do you feel like you cannot leave? Because I believe whenever we're posed with a problem, there's a solution. We just got to figure out what the solution is. Do you need Uh, law enforcement help to come and get you out? Do you need to go and find a non-disclosed safe space? You know, what is it that we need to find? Do we need to get some professionals involved? Or is it just that you just don't feel like emotionally you are ready to disconnect? I had to get to the point where I was emotionally ready to disconnect. That even though, you know, in one breath, I'm going to beat the daylights out of you, in the second breath, I love you so much, even though that's happening, you have to decipher for yourself, which one of those do you want? Mm -hmm. You're not going to get both from the same person. It's just impossible. How were your, um, you said you had a daughter. How was she affected? Because obviously she didn't know that you were a functioning alcoholic. So how was she affected? How's your relationship, you know, that time and how is it now? Uh, she was she was young, so she didn't see a lot of this. She doesn't. There's some things that I, I I'll tell her now, but she wasn't aware of a lot of it because what he would do in his emotional abuse or physical abuse, he didn't do it around her. There was one time that she came in while he was, you know, trying to beat me and everything. But for the most part, he made sure she was not around. So she didn't see that part. The um, alcoholism, I think she just. Mommy's just drinking. Mommy has her adult drink. But she was young, so she didn't really see that and understand. Mm-hmm. But our relationship now, we're, we're very close. Um, she She's very open and honest with me about a lot of things in her own life. She's only 23, but she's very honest and open. And I tell her things, you know, listen, I want you to know. I want you to know what I did, what I went through, what I encountered so that you don't have to. I love it. I know. Like I said, I know you have a lot of questions in there, but I want to get back because um, Leela put the hashtag. What did you say? Mar- my marriage forever. What was my forever marriage? My yes. forever marriage. And what's your husband's name? Leroy. Leroy, come on in here and say hello. And because we want everyone to know, because she said it's her forever. So come on, we just want to say hi to you. Hello. <laughs> and thank you for coming in here um, with her. And I know, like, I'm in a second marriage also, so I brought a lot of baggage into that marriage. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you, Leroy, 
how are you loving her? How did you love her through that? Real quick. How did you love her through that? Because she said it's forever. So how did you love her through that for her to say this is forever? Well, like she said, where uh, God had taken her and sequestered her, um, she had a lot of characteristics and a lot of things that were like built into her that are extremely rare. And so it was easy. I mean, there was still some stuff left, but this is a whole lot of stuff. Removed, so. <laughs> you said a whole lot of stuff. But you stayed, right? Yes, ma'am. Oh, you said a whole lot of stuff removed. Oh, yeah. removed. Yeah, yeah. Removed. yeah. Removed. A whole lot of stuff. Oh, removed. Uh-huh. Me. Uh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. I want. I didn't want to. I was gonna say I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but yes, I did. So, <laughs> so thank you. He's shy. So that he did really well. <laughs> he did. He did do really well. So it is Mother's Day. What is your plans for today? I'm just gonna chill. I'm gonna chill. My daughter is currently in North Carolina, so um, I'm missing my baby. But other than that, I'm you just only gonna, have one. Did you? Only I have one. one just her, me biologically, and then my husband and I, we have two from his previous marriage. Okay. So you didn't have any children from the unhealthy no, marriage? No, not at all, which was a grace. Okay. That was the grace of God. How were you able to say, well, we only have like two minutes left, but I just want to find out, how were you able to leave that unhealthy marriage? Would you just say get a divorce or you were able to? How were you able to Actually, go? that was during the time that the Lord had me move to Virginia mm-hmm. and um, I left. You know, I put my house up for rent in North Carolina, and I said, I'm leaving. He had actually moved out and gotten his own place, but he was still trying to stay married. I'm not really sure the reason behind that. (laughs) You know, and so at some point in time, God released me and said, get the divorce. Wow, you are amazing. Once again, how could they reach you? www.warcry.com. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Thank you for your transparency. You are amazing. Thank you again for coming from um, I'm going to shout out Fayetteville one more time for yes. you and my, uh, my <laughs> husband. I just want to say Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration is 1-800-662-4357. The Domestic Violence Hotline number is 800-799-7233. Once again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. You are listening to Beyond Surviving with Tammy, where we recognize and empower support survivors. We will See you next Sunday right here at 10 a.m. Have a great Mother's Day. Thank you for tuning in to Beyond Surviving with Tammy, where we recognize, support, and empower survivors. If you'd like to be a guest or sponsor on the show, email us at beyondsurvivingtammy at gmail.com. See you next time right here on Rejoice 101.3 FM, 9.90 a.m. at 10 a.m. every Sunday. And remember, your imperfection don't stop your greatness. If anyone asks, you're listening to Rejoice, 